This is the Ask a Death Doula podcast, a platform of free education on how to have the best end-of-life experience possible by knowing how to live your best life now. With experienced hospice, oncology, and wellness nurse, Suzanne B. O'Brien. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Ask a Death Doula. My name is Suzanne O'Brien. Thank you for being with me today. Today, it is you and I, and we are going to have a conversation about peace of mind and finding peace of mind at the end of life. I want to share with you something that I have been working on. Probably it has been in the works for years for a long time. And what I have done is based this program, this training that I'm going to talk to you about right now on the feedback and what I've experienced with patients and families over a decade of working at the bedside at end of life. And where are the gaps? Where are the main concerns? Where are the stressors that are adding to the end of life experience and making it so much harder for people. So many of you know that I do end of life doula training and that I have free family caregiving trainings and all that I can do to help share my experience, my knowledge and the things that make a difference to make end of life better with everyone and others. And I give uh, seminars and I have um, a platform where I literally go to the library and allow people from the community to come to gather information, but to ask any questions that they want about end of life, anything related to care, um, all of it, because there's just that missing knowledge and that huge fear of end of life out there. And what I am hearing back is this concern, this overwhelming fear and concern in different areas affecting our end of life process. So what I have done is put together um, what I have found are the five categories that people have had the most trouble and stress and concern with regarding end of life and what the things have been done for them, the education, the things that have worked for them to give them again a peace of mind within that category. And I want to share that with you today. I want to talk to you about peace of mind and the aspect of finding peace of mind at end of life is a huge part of a positive end of life experience. And so we are holistic beings. And when we have an end of life process, it's a holistic, full person experience. And so if we're having um, issues with, let's just use our emotional component to our life, and that's not at peace, and it's things that are um, not resolved, then your end of life is going to be extremely challenging just in that division. So there are obviously other divisions 
um, that we're going to talk about. So I'm going to talk about the five identifying sections, and I really want to share with you some tools with each one of those sections so that you can address if you need to do anything in that category to, again, find some peace of mind. And one of the things that's incredibly beautiful is that when we work with those at the end of life, it teaches us everything about life and how to live if we would just listen. I always say that end of life teaches us everything we need to know about how to live if we would just listen. So it is an incredible privilege to be with those at the end of life, but also the invaluable information that is shared about how to make our lives as great as they can be. And isn't that at the end of the day, isn't that what makes a positive end of life experience is to be able to say, okay, you know, we don't know when that end of life is going to show up. We know that hundred percent it's going to show up. We just don't know when and how, but we know it will. So to be ready and how you're ready for end of life is how well you live every day. So let's talk about the five different categories of end of life that contribute to a positive passing or not positive passing. So the first is the physical. And right now I'm going to be focusing on peace of mind planning for the end of life. This is, this is an individual course. This is a course that I designed. It's like an end of life doula course for the individuals. Because statistically, most of us are not even talking about end of life. We don't know the first thing about end of life. And we have not made any plans, meaning what would we want for our services or where do we want to be at the end of life and what would make that possible? And do I have my finances in order and all of those type of things, these are really important to address. So the first category is the physical peace of mind. And that addresses, again, where you would want to be cared for at the end of life. Um, nine out of 10 people say they'd like to be cared for at home. What would make that possible? So it's great to say, yes, I'd like to be cared for in the home environment at end of life, but is it possible? And if it's not possible right now, what elements can we put in place to make that possible? Do you have friends that can come in? Do you have somebody that will come stay with you? Do you have an end-of-life doula in your area? Um, all of these type of things that we want to address before we get there. And that's the physical. Now, the second part of a physical peace of mind is what would you like as far as do you want what's called a conventional funeral? where you get embalmed, which, um, you know, that's a whole process and a casket and all of that. Do you want the new opportunity to um, have what's called a home wake and a home viewing? And that's a very big movement that's happening that people are going back to our roots of, again, taking care of our own, having death be more natural of an experience. And with that bypassing um, the whole embalming funeral type of conventional way and taking it on to more of a ritual and something that maybe is a lot more environmentally sound, financially sound, and also they find that it's spiritually sound to be doing natural burials and also home wakes. There's a really, a lot of data that shows that when you have 
viewings that take time and are at home and allow people to come and process that death and share that experience. It helps with their bereavement and their grief afterward, which is, you know, really wonderful. And it's also a fraction of the financial burden. So these are things that you really want to know about and you want to decide for you. So a lot of people that I have met don't know that they have options. Um, you know, they're petrified of even talking about end of life. And when you can't talk about something, you don't know you have choices. So let me go back to, again, what really prompted the Peace of Mind Planner. When I give these free workshops at the library and I do death cafes and I do just as much free education as I possibly can, and I get emails from a lot of people as well. There is so much fear surrounding end of life, like real fear and stress. So we have 78 million people that are over the age of 65 in the United States at this very moment, 78 million, 20% of the 78 million do not have their own children. So usually at the end of life, it's an adult child who will step forward and care for that dying parent, take charge of that, um, that whole process. There's 20% of the 78 million that don't even have that option. So we are in a elder care end of life crisis right now that they say is statistically going to just increase in decades to come. The numbers are staggering of those who are aging and we're aging so very long now. So it's very complicated. Not to mention that our healthcare system is fragmented, is cutting services all the time and is not able to be at the bedside and in the home for caring for those at end of life like we might want them to. <clears throat> so we have one level going all the way up with our elders and aging for decades to come, which is going to increase. And we have our healthcare system going backwards. We have less doctors, less nurses. We have a shortage of medical professionals in general. And we have a fragmented amount of time that we can actually be with that patient. And end of life doesn't work um, on a 45 minute visit. Just doesn't work that way. So the fear that was showing up at these um, death cafes and these uh, outreaches at the library and people that were in their 70s, 80s and 90s, a lot of elder people would come and say, you know, I don't have any family. Who's gonna be my healthcare proxy? Who's gonna care for me? How can I make sure my wishes are known? What do I do? And the fear one time from many different participants and in many different categories of what we're gonna to talk today was just so disturbing to me that these people are carrying around such fear and pain that I said, we need to do something. We need to come up with a program for the individual that they can work through the steps to find the peace of mind that they need and that they want in those categories for preparing for as they age and end of life. And so it's the five different categories, the physical peace of mind, the mental peace of mind, the emotional component to peace of mind, the spiritual component to peace of mind, and the financial component to peace of mind. So let's talk a little bit about each of those five categories and what you can do to bring about that peace of mind. So the physical is pertaining to your physical body, where you'd want to be, 
what kind of care you would want, what kind of care you wouldn't want, um, what kind of, of a, it's called disposition, but what that means is after you actually die, what would you like to happen to your physical body? And so again, this is the physical component to peace of mind. Would you like to be cremated? Would you like to have a um, conventional funeral, which is the embalming and the normal, well, not normal, but the way that you know many of us have seen it over the last decades? Or do you want to open up your, uh, maybe your scope here to understand the movement of having a home wake, a home funeral, which does not, by the way, mean being buried in the backyard. Um, it means that you're having your services at home. And it's really quite beautiful. And it's a big, again, movement happening. And the natural or green burial is where you are not uh, filled with toxic chemicals and you are in a biodegradable casket or shroud that will break down and be again giving back to earth which is something that people are really gravitating to um, so the physical and also what I always say is again pick you know the care that you want how you want things to be um, even picking out anything in the physical component what how you'd like to be honored um, would you like to be dressed in a certain outfit? What's important to you? I think that we, we think in terms of end of life, giving away all our control and power because we're declining, but we have so much that we can be in control of and decisions. And we need to make sure that people's wishes are honored. And again, what they want so that they can have peace of mind that that's the way things are going to go. And the only way to do that is by having conversations ahead of time, knowing your choices and picking what is right for you. So the physical peace of mind um, comes with, again, the different topics to do all with physical, with care, where you'd wanna physically be at the end of life, and what would you like after death? Would you like to be cremated? Would you like to have a natural burial? Do you want to, um, you know, have your ashes placed somewhere special. This is all really important and things that you are in control of doing. So that's the physical component, some of it. There's a lot to the program, but that is giving you an idea of what physical peace of mind and the choices that you should be thinking of and addressing and letting your wishes known. The second category is the mental peace of mind. So again, holistically, we're holistic beings and dying is a holistic process. It's not just a physical process. It's not just the body shutting down and dying. We are so much more than that. And I'm going to share with you that the emotional pain that comes with end of life at times when people are not ready, when they have huge regrets, when they're grappling, when they have unresolved issues, the emotional component of end of life can be so full of pain that it manifests into physical pain. And so this is why it's very important to address these different categories um, so that we can have that complete whole peace of mind to do with that process. But let's talk about the mental peace of mind for a minute. So the mental peace of mind really has to do with acceptance. We don't know when an end of life process will be a part of our journey. We do know that 100% it will be a part of our journey at some point, a part of our loved one's journey at some point. 
And so what peace of mind is, is that place in the mental component where you can say, okay, I lived well, I gave, I received, um, I used my time well, I contributed, and you can be at peace and acceptance within that mental idea that you are at that you are at end of life. It's not easy, and it doesn't usually happen in the beginning. And that's again where um, the level one end of life doula training is so really effective because it shares with you the three phases of end of life. Because people get a terminal diagnosis and they don't automatically say upon that diagnosis, okay. Usually, most of the time, no. It's a process of going through, moving through some of the phases. Usually it's a shock in the very beginning, as you can only imagine. But the goal is to be able to be at a place of acceptance in your mental body of energy so that that is connected and at peace. Now, how do we do that? So really, again, learning about how to live from people at the end of life is the mental peace of mind. Did you live fully? Did you go ahead and do the things you wanted to do? How did you spend your time? Did you live authentically, true to yourself? So I wanna share with you right now, the number one regret of dying patients is that they wish they had had the courage to live the life they know they were meant to live. This is so important for us to hear and so powerful. The number one regret of dying patients is that they wish that they had the courage to have lived the life they knew they were meant to live. A life of purpose, a life that resonated inside of them, that was authentic and that fed their soul and was full of passion. Or did they live according to what other people said that they should live? Did they do the work that other people, did they marry somebody that others said they should? These are really important, important questions. Did you live a life of purpose? Did you contribute? Were you kind? Did you have no judgment? Were you of service? These are really, really important things. So for the mental peace of mind, what I have found is when it does come about, the best way to find that peace of mind is having lived in that authentic place of purpose and passion. So for you and I right now, to listen to the wisdom of those at end of life so that we can capitalize on that and find that peace of mind, so important. So let's not hesitate and it will enrich your life every day now while we still have that opportunity. And then at the end, it will give you that peace of mind in your mental component of end of life. Third category, emotional peace of mind. And as I said previously that this is probably the most challenging of all of the places that we have to come to at the end of life because for the most of us, there's unresolved issues that we have. There's trauma that we've experienced that we haven't dealt with. There's forgiveness, there's shame, there's guilt, there's anger, resentment that we're carrying with us. That's part of the life's, it's part of the deal of life. However, 
the goal in life is to get to address these things, not at the end of life, but now. Because forgiveness is one of the greatest gifts that we can ever give to ourselves. Forgiveness is not for the other person. It's for you. So forgiveness of others and forgiveness of ourselves. Two types of forgiveness, the forgiveness of others and the forgiveness of ourselves. And I will share with you that the forgiveness of ourselves is much more difficult to do than the forgiveness of others. So really important, and forgiveness is not just a word. It's not just, oh, I forgive you and we're done. It's a process. You have to get to that place of finding forgiveness within that scenario that can be very difficult. But we show you techniques in the Peace of Mind Planner. And you know, one of the greatest things is to try and look at a situation from what that person's journey was about. So let's just take a quick example to, to share with you some skills for forgiveness. When you have something that you're holding on to with unforgiveness, and maybe it was a, a, you know, a relationship or something that was very painful to you and it's cellular, when you can go ahead and try and view what that person's life and experience was like from their, from their perspective for a second. Because I always say that hurt people hurt people. I don't think anyone just sets out to be a mean, horrible person. They do because they're reacting from being hurt themselves. I'm not excusing anyone's behavior. Everyone has to answer and be accountable for their own actions and behavior. But I want to give you something where you can look at, let's just say it's a mother and a daughter, and the mother fell very short at being that mother figure. Maybe she was a drinker, maybe she was not present, um, maybe she beat the kids, maybe all of the above. And when you go back, and as a child, you're holding on to that cellular trauma. When you go back and try and remember or find out what your mom's story was. How did she grow up? Was her mother, was her life so dysfunctional? Was her mother an alcoholic? Um, did they beat, you know, it's learned behavior. You have to break the cycle. Did her mother beat her? It helps you to find a level of compassion and empathy where, where it opens up the gate for you to find forgiveness instead of holding on to the anger and pain. Doesn't excuse it. Doesn't mean that you're gonna forget about it, but it helps shift the energy, which is so vitally important. Unresolved issues, trauma, huge. At end of life, everyone's stuff, I always think of it like a pot of boiling water, simmering, simmering, and at the end of life, it all bubbles up, because this is it. And it, we're faced with almost everything, which we have to work through a lot of things. And it's not always possible that we can. So this physical pain, when people are sharing with me that they're having so much pain, I have so much pain. If the main pain regimen, narcotic-wise, is not addressing it, I usually look for that emotional component that needs to have peace and closure. Um, and then the pain shifts. It's phenomenal, but they are feeling real physical pain. So your emotional component is really important and we need, to, we need to do our work. 
we need to go ahead and address some of these things now for us. So what I would ask you to do is possibly take a minute to write one person, write down one person or one thing you need to give forgiveness to, and one thing that you need to receive forgiveness for. That's a little bit of an exercise for you to have right now. Okay, financial component to peace of mind. This is a huge area and something that's not addressed. So I just wanna share with you a couple of alarming statistics that we have um, that are of real concern. And again, these are things that I'm seeing and it's compounding the end of life experience and making it 100 to 1,000 times more difficult for patients and families at the end of life. A 2014 American Journal of Preventative Medicine study found that 74% of adults have no healthcare proxy, living will, or advanced directive. 74%. So that's choosing your wishes, addressing what you would want or not want for end of life. And only 42% of adults have a will. And so a will is addressing your uh, financial, your material things. So we're going to kind of go into that right now about what you can do to put things in place and a couple of an idea of what you need to look at for that financial peace of mind. I want to share with you that one of the greatest gifts, greatest gifts that you can give to your loved ones is by doing this, by planning ahead, because they should not be left with all of these decisions to try and figure out for what you would want for healthcare, what you wouldn't want, where you want to be, how you want services. They also should not be left with the aftermath of trying to make sense of all of your life, of all your documentation, of all of your um, finances, your business, your bills. All of that is so stressful that the people, and there's very few, but the people that I've been able to be in contact with that has, they've had a family member died, but then it was organized. They said, yes, it was so hard to lose that physical person. It was so much easier because mom took care of everything ahead of time. All they had to do was love her and grieve. So what I'm finding now is that people don't plan on this at all. They lose their loved one dies and they immediately have to try and navigate and work through all of this paperwork that is so overwhelming and stressful and sometimes creates family discourse, arguments, um, and can take a year, if not more, to make sense of. So we just don't wanna get caught in that position. So let's talk about a few things that you want to address as far as your financial components to peace of mind. You wanna think about putting things in, in writing, meaning a will, and what's called a trust. And so a trust is somebody who you trust, that hence the name, trust to um, get your, whatever you're leaving to them in the trust afterwards, and you can have them as part of a trust now while you're still living and declining, or a trust that goes into effect once you die. A will is going to be a similar document, but it's overall for all of your items and material things, um, all your possessions, that kind of thing. And it's very important to get these done because, again, just organizing and having things in place 
um, helping that your family is not going to argue and fight. And how about the peace of mind of what you want to happen to your things? Peace of mind is priceless. If you can get peace of mind within the end of life process, it's priceless. Not to mention when you do some of this planning, you save, you can save potentially thousands upon tens of thousands of dollars because you're organized. Somebody had, I was reading something and they said, if you don't plan for what type of services you want um, when you die, it's like your family trying to put a wedding together in three days. That was a really good analogy. Does not happen well, very expensive, and just so stressful. So we don't want that to happen. Um, but for me, it's the peace of mind that it will give you to have these things in order for you and your loved ones changes everything for that process. So things to think about, um, life insurance, IRAs, um, stocks, bonds, any, any kind of, um, again, financial, bank accounts, those kind of things, your passwords to where things are located. There's a whole list that we put in the Peace of Mind Planner that like prompts you for things that you want to think about and you want to have a list of where those things are located, access to them, and who has that information so that, again, people are not left to try and figure it out afterwards. Really important um, to address that and, again, to just protect where you want things to go and to not have it left for other people to figure out and to fight over. So that's financially at the end of life. And now we're going to talk about the spiritual component to peace of mind. It's so interesting because we just did our first full peace of mind planning course and it was absolutely incredible. The spiritual component, that particular lesson was one of the most powerful, incredible parts of this whole peace of mind planner. And let me share with you that when I talk about spiritual peace of mind at end of life, it's not a religion. It's not convincing you of something. It is sharing with you that we are spiritual beings, that there is a spiritual body of energy that each one of us has inside of us. And I want to share with you what people at the end of life have said in regards to, they don't necessarily call it a spiritual, but what they have shared with me in regards to what they're experiencing, what they feel is happening, what is happening, um, and letting us take a minute to address the reality of what energy is and what our decline of our physical body and the presence of a essence of us growing, um, how that has been not only shared by end of life patients, but documented in science, in physics. And so we share that in the Peace of Mind Planner simply because want you to be open and also to be comforted by the reality of what people are saying and, and saying what's important. Um, but also the spiritual component to end of life and that connection can bring some of the greatest comfort in the whole end of life process. Yes, we have all the capability to have people be pain-free with medications. But end of life is very different. 
it's not just a physical experience. It's a holistic experience. And for me personally, I have found that when the physical body is declining for people, it feels like their presence of their spiritual essence is growing and they will share. And I will share some stories with you in that class about verbatim experiences with end of life patients that just will warm your heart. You know, you can take, take it for face value. And if you want to believe what that patient is experiencing and sharing, but I will tell you that just the gift of what that did for everyone that was part of that experience was amazing. So reconnecting with your faith, exploring faith, um, just being open to what other people have experienced at end of life and the possibilities and again, the spiritual component to this end-of-life experience may be and oftentimes is one of the most comforting parts of end-of-life, whether you are religious or not. It's not religion. It's, it's a one energy of spirit. So I want to share that with you because right now most people have not experienced end-of-life with somebody. They're not privileged. They don't know what that looks like and it's very fearful. So to share with you spiritual peace of mind and what that might mean. Meditation, connecting to nature. These are ways to really enrich and enhance your spiritual connection to what that energy, that universal um, energy that serves us all is. So we can again capitalize on that today while we still are alive. So those are the five components to peace of mind at the end of life. Mental, physical, emotional, financial, and spiritual. So I wanted to share that with you and I really hope that you explore in your life today those components of your being because yes, at the end of life, for them to be in order is so very important. It will make all the difference in the world to have peace of mind. But you also benefit on all of them right now, right here. And don't we want to live the best possible life every single day that we can? So peace of mind planner uh, for end of life. And this is for the individual. So if you are interested in taking that course, you can click the link that is below. We're going to post that. And again, it's the peace of mind planner for end of life. And it's really a doula program for the individual. So thank you so much. If you have any questions, please email us at askadeathdoula at gmail.com. Thank you all for being here. And I will see you in the next episode. Bye everybody. Thanks for listening to another episode of Ask a Death Doula. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a raving review. Subscribe, share, and send your questions. See you in the next episode.